It is my favorite time of year. We're predicting teams' records in 2023. Last year, I had some hits. I had some misses. What are we going to do with the two-time defending champs? You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free as we record the show and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. Cannot, absolutely cannot talk about the two-time defending champs without my man JT Wistersill, host of Locked on Utes. We're going through the Utes schedule. We are both going to be making our predictions. This is what you call internet troll bulletin board material. They will save the receipts and they will come at you when you are wrong and when you are right. They will ignore it and pretend like it never happened, JT. Are you ready? I am, and I'm going to do everything I can to try to defend myself from the Florida fans no matter how week one turns out. <laughs> yes, so... Utah's first game. We're going game by game, talking about the big takeaways and everything and making our predictions and such. And there are a lot of big Pac-12 games to talk about and kind of the questions that will ultimately decide the season too. But they start week one. They host Florida, nine and a half point favorites, according to our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, JT. Utah has not lost a true home game with fans in the stands since, I believe, 2018 against Washington. Oh, gosh, I'm good. <laughs> For all you people who say I don't like Utah out there, what in the world are you talking about? So, <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. So, week one, the Gators are in town. I've got revenge on Utah's mind. I've got the fact that I like Utah more than Florida this year, and I'm not really sure you know, what their offseason's been and whether or not it's going to be a productive one for Billy Napier and such. I've got Utah at home. I've got Utah winning this game, JT. I absolutely do as well. If you look at the biggest reason that Florida won last year, not just the fact that Florida was home, but Anthony Richardson having a Heisman type like performance that I thought everyone he was going to be in New York come December. He was obviously not. That's just how bad the Utah defense was that day. But <laughs> everyone is back from that game that Utah played Florida last year. And sometimes you might say, well, the defense didn't play well that game. How much better can they be? Well, you developed a lot over a course of a season and Utah in general being at home in their own climate and environment, not having to deal with that Florida heat. I expect them to be, to your point, have revenge on their minds, be ready to go. Graham Mertz is not Anthony Richardson. Is he maybe a little bit better of a thrower of the football right now? Sure. He's nowhere near the same athlete. Utah's defensive line is way better. I expect them to get after him. If Cam Rising plays, I expect Utah to win by 10 to 15 points. If Cam Rising does not play, I still think Utah is going to squeeze out a win this game. That's how confident I am in Utah's overall roster versus the state of Florida, especially at the most important position, once again, in quarterback, because I'm not a Graham Mertz guy in the slightest way or whoever else ends up starting for them. I just think it's a mess there. I think Florida is really going to struggle in the altitude, as we've seen a lot of teams do. And I like Utah in this first game, regardless of Cam Rising's health. I think they come out hungry, motivated and driven and understanding JT that their college football playoff fate will be determined in the first two weeks because we have not yet seen a team go through Pac-12 play, Pac-12 play unbeaten. 
And I don't expect that to suddenly materialize in a year in which the league is so deep and going to be so very competitive. So any Pac-12 team that wants to make the playoff, I think they have to be able to go through and be unbeaten in their non-conference slate. Or else you have, because in a 14 playoff, you have to be an unbeaten or one loss Power 5 conference champion or an 11-1 team who you played the team that ends up winning. You played the eventual conference champion the last week, basically the Michigan-Ohio State ordeal. Like, Ohio State got in last year. And by the way, Ohio State needed help from Utah to get in. But if you're a one-loss or undefeated Power 5 conference champion, yes, absolutely, you can get into the playoffs. So that brings us to week two. Mm. They go to Baylor. Now, I like Dave Aranda as a coach. I think Baylor has been a solid program for a long time. They finished six and seven last year. That was a pretty big disappointment. However, I still like Utah in this game. I here here's my thinking, JT. We underestimate the Utes year after year. This is all contingent upon Cam Rising playing, by the way. Yes, it is. This I, I'm I'm with you that <laughs> the Utes can win against Florida if Bryson Barnes or whoever you know the backup is, uh, you know, ends up playing in that game. I think they can get it done at home. But if Cam Rising does not play in Waco, I don't see it. I think ba- I think Baylor will prevail. But if you give me a healthy Cam Rising, or at least an 80% Cam Rising, I'll take the Utes down in Waco. I think they can absolutely win. I think if this was in a neutral site or in Utah, I think there's no doubt that Utah is favored and can definitely win. Look, I'm not – like I said, I have a lot of respect for Dave Aranda. I think Baylor is a very good program. There is no question with how – senior laden and just veteran laden as utah roster is they are a better team i think they'll be able to go in cam rising going back to texas where he was originally going to play his high school excuse me college football at the university of texas just in the state of texas overall now going to baylor a team that he would have played a lot had he stayed at texas i I think utah gets the win i think they'll be able to run the ball on this fierce baylor front overall and i just think they'll make a couple plays defensively get a pick six or two i don't know if you saw this the other day but utah has had 19 consecutive seasons with a pick six it's the longest active streak in the country Surprisingly, very well could continue in Waco just because I don't know about the quarterback situation there either. Utah and pick sixes are peanut butter and jelly. You can't (laughs) have one without the other. You can, but it's not as good. It's clearly elevated. And what takes the crowd out of it more than a pick six? Absolutely nothing. So then Utah comes back home, and I think you and I are both going to take them against Weber State, barring a... um, Cataclysm. I, I think anybody. I think you or I could start yep. a quarterback, and we'd be all right. Uh, not literally, but Shout close. Out big sky, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 close. Um, yeah. Also, on that Baylor game, no line yet, but ESPN's uh, analytics football power index does think Utah will be the the slight favorite in mm. that game. Now, things get exciting once Pac-12 play begins. Utah starts at home against UCLA. Last year, I refused to pick Utah to lose at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I am doubling down on that take for 2023, and I am not going to pick them to lose in front of that crowd, both because it's an amazing crowd, you have the elevation factor, and Utah is a really good team, and good teams win at home. So UCLA, who I think is a pullback team this year, I think they fall to Utah in Salt Lake City, and the Utes are looking really good, probably inside the top 10 with a 4-0 start. I absolutely agree. I think this is a game where whoever is starting for UCLA at quarterback, 
this is just it's a very tough place to play i remember a couple of years ago i believe it was the 2019 season uh, dtr was starting ucla went up to utah they got absolutely steamrolled ucla also beat utah last year dtr is not back zach charbonnet is not back i know they still have talent in those positions but it's just not easy to replace guys who are arguably like in the running for like DTR was like a top 15, top 10 college football quarterback last year. Charbonnet was one of the best backs overall in college football. Those are hard positions to replace. And once again, just like you mentioned, it's hard to beat Utah at home. I'm not picking this team to do it. If anything, I'm gonna we're going to get to the game later on that is definitely going to be tough for Utah to win even at home. I have the Utes starting 4-0 as well. So, and the other question with UCLA is the, or the question with UCLA is the quarterback position. Like mm-hmm. who's going to be starting? Who's going to play? What are you going to have? Whoever it is, you're not having an experienced guy like DTR in there who knows the system, knows the offense, is in tune with playmakers and his head coach and play caller and everything like that. It's going to be new for somebody, whether that's Colin Schley, Ethan Garbers, or Dante Moore. We still don't know uh, as, as we record this show. But regardless, I, I don't see any of them, though there's upside in each prospect for the Bruins at the quarterback spot. I don't see any of them going into Rice-Eccles and ending that win streak. So I'll, I'll, I'll take them there. But now we start to get to the fun games. And by fun games, I mean, look, Utah can lose the first two as well. But the losable conference games start that following week. You can start winning in the job market, though, if you go check out LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can make create a, uh, create a free job post in minutes and then app, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're Hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses have got LinkedIn jobs number one. That's numero uno for our Spanish-speaking friends out there in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Nice brief, but albeit refreshing second segment sip. Let's keep going, JT, because now we're at the now we get to the fun part. I I, I think Utah is going to be four and oh. I could see three and one. I do not see two and two. I do not see two and two. Again, assuming Cam Rising's health, I think three and one is worst case, but I do think they'll be four and oh. Then you go at Oregon State, a place where Utah fell in 2021, where Oregon State has lost just once. That's Research Stadium, which they just completed a new renovation and everything. It is going to be a difficult place to win a football game. You've got DJ Uyunglele there. Defense has lost some players, though, for Oregon State. They're trying to figure out that sort of balance to replicate the success they had a year ago. How do you see that game in Corvallis on September 29th on FS1? playing out yeah you mentioned it the friday night game so on a short week as well and uh, we'll see how tight that game is with ucla who knows what if utah will have to play their stars late in the fourth quarter in that one they very well could but we'll see yeah spencer this is my first loss for utah i think that going mm. to oregon state this is one where look 
look, look, look at Utah's roster. You can't find a preseason ranking that doesn't have Utah above Oregon State. Yeah, but how many times do we see this happen in college football where you go on a difficult place to play on the road and you end up falling? I think it's going to be a really good game. But also the biggest reason that Utah was able to beat Oregon State last year was because of the abysmal quarterback play by the Beavs. I just think DJU's in for a really solid season this year. I think he's going to get it done. I still think they'll be strong defensively. And I think in a thrilling game, Utah does end up losing this one. And I think Oregon State ends up with the victory. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun on a Friday, this Friday night. Well, you are now the enemy of all yep. Utah fans <laughs> listening to or watching this show because I'm taking the Utes here. Oh, Reeser is a tough place to play, no doubt. Here's my thinking. Oregon State, and I've made this comparison before because it's accurate, is working to become Utah. They're not a flashy brand. They're not a flashy football team. They don't have a flashy head coach. He just goes about his job. He's never going to recruit at the highest level in the conference. He's never going to make bombastic statements. He's just going to show up, coach football, know what he's doing, and run a bunch of 12 personnel with heavy play action and a focus on the run game and a defensively kind of oriented team, which is where they shifted to you know, a season ago and had a lot of success in doing so. But how often does the protege defeat the mentor? Not that there's a direct mentorship-protege relationship there, but that's what they're trying to be. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the Utes here. I think it is a toss-up game, and I think it comes down to I trust Cam Rising more than DJU. I think DJU is more likely to turn the ball over late. I know Cam Rising did it last year at Florida, but that was then. This is now. Again, you give me Cam Rising healthy in all these games, I'm bullish on the Utes this year. I really, really like them. So I'll take them to win at Oregon State. Uh, and JT thinks they suck. So, <laughs> then we're gonna... Okay, next game. They're back at home against Cal. Look, every day is out there, no. I am unseasonably high on Cal compared to most, <laughs> except Vegas, um, who also loves Cal. But after, and, and by the way, I'm just trying to remind you that for many, many months, I told you to take in the betting markets – Cal over four and a half wins. You can't get it anymore. It's five and a half. So I'm sorry you missed your opportunity for real tangible value. But anyway, I, I try to help the good people of this show as much as I possibly can. But I can only do so much. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I can give you the right bets. You can. I cannot force you to make them. Anyway, so uh, back home against Cal. Look, I, I think Cal is going to be stingy this year. I do think Cal can pull an upset of one of the six contenders of which they play all of them, which stinks or else their win total could be higher if they had a Washington State or a UCLA schedule, for instance, which are much easier in comparison. But I don't think they're going to be the team to go in there and knock off the Utes at Rice-Eccles. So I will take the Utah Utes to defeat the California Golden Bears. There's that one meme where the guy's just like, not going to happen. Um, in a bunch of different ways, he basically says that that's how I feel about this game. I'm totally with you. I think Cal is capable of having a very good season, but it's just it's going to take a really good team, in my opinion, to beat this Utah team for the first time at home. And Cal, while trending in the right direction, is not capable of doing that just yet. By the way, I have a surprise for you in my schedule prediction here that you're not going to see coming, but Ooh. we don't get to that until a little bit later. And the Utah, yeah, everyone, with the Utah fans back over. So yeah. everyone, everyone's going to think it is a hot take, and it may very well be. And I'm just telling you. That when it happens, I'm going to be so obnoxious, people will will just blasphemize this entire channel. They will unsubscribe in droves, and they will encourage their friends to come and shame me for my uh, obnoxious behavior. Anyway, 
I'll tell you about that later. So then they get to the meat of their schedule. And these are the big games in Pac-12 play. These are the games that you circle and say that, and look, Oregon State, UCLA, I think those are like three-quarter circle games. The full circle with a highlighter and stars around it at USC and hosting Oregon in back-to-back weeks. If Utah is going to contend for a third consecutive Pac-12 championship game, they have to win at least one of those games. I cannot see you losing a head-to-head with USC and Oregon and getting to the title game. You can lose one, absolutely. You cannot lose both. And I think Utah saw that last year. They beat USC. They lost to Oregon. They found a way into the Pac-12 championship game. But if they'd lost either of those games, which were go-either-way games, they wouldn't have gotten in. So I look at these games, and I think Utah will split. And I think USC will get them. I think USC will get them, and I think they get Oregon at Rice-Eccles. I had my Utah loss earlier to Oregon State. When you go through a loss like that, sometimes it can just bring a team even more together, get them to lock in, and look. Caleb Williams is the reigning Heisman winner. Oregon football, second year for Dan Lanning, another year for Bo Nix. They're really hot. I think Utah's going to – I know it's crazy. I think Utah's going to find a way to go 2-0 in these games. Caleb Williams mm. and USC have not been able to beat Utah yet. Cam rising his first game. Yes, he had the fun comeback against San Diego State, but that resulted in a loss back in 2021. The first game that showed us just how special this offense and this team could be with Cam rising at the helm was when Utah went out to the Coliseum and put a whooping on the Trojans. And they're not going to put a whooping on, but I do think they're going to find a way to get a win once again. I think this Utah defense is even better. And I really thought in that second game, even though Caleb Williams was still hurt, I just feel like the Utah Morgan Scally, their def- defensive coordinator, has a very good plan of how to attack and contain Caleb Williams. I think Utah gets a win there, and it's going to be an incredibly hard-fought game, the one against Oregon at home. I think it's going to come down to the wire, but I think Utah will find a way there as well. I think Jaquindon Jackson's going to have a big day rushing the ball for the Utes. Cam Rising just makes a few of those plays he did at home, just like he did last year in the crazy game against USC. And I think Utah gets their season back on track after that early season loss to Oregon State and goes 2-0 and in arguably their two toughest games of the season. Mm, mm. and Utah bold, fans love me again bold there from JT oh yeah you want him back over there's no <laughs> question about that you've got him you got him you got him reeled mm-hmm. you got him reeled back in okay I respect that I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility like I said mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and underestimate Utah because we did it last year and then they did what oh they won the conference yeah yeah that's right <laughs> so then they host Arizona State year one under Kenny Dillingham rebuild um I, I, I don't see that. That would be the ultimate Pac-12 cannibalization after dark, something, you know, crazy of of that sort. I have a half uh, cannibalization moment, and that'll come up in just a sec. But um, I, I'm not worried about Utah against Arizona State at Rice-Eccles. I think that is a game after their two toughest games of the year, arguably, uh, at USC and hosting Oregon. I think they'll... Uh, you know, go play Arizona State, and they'll be like, "Okay, this is this is not USC and Oregon." You got to you got to be careful of the emotional letdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if they do what you are are suggesting, and they go two and zero there, then they're going to be feeling good. They're going to be playing well. I, I just either way, I like Utah in this game. I don't think they have to sweat. 
I could totally see Arizona State getting up like seven to nothing after the first quarter. All the coaches just lighting the fire under the players, and then Utah's of jumping out and winning this game by twenty. I think that's something that could totally happen if those two games against Oregon and USC do end in a dramatic, similar fashion where they're riding the high of that. But it's the same thing we talked about with Cal. This Arizona State State team, Kenny Dillingham, they're trending in the right direction but it's just really hard to win in Utah. And I just don't see this team having enough pieces in order to do that. Okay. So now we get to the home stretch. So we both have at this point with three games left, Utah sitting at eight and one likely vying for a path to the college football playoffs somewhere hovering around the top 10. And now it is crunch time. And in crunch time, JT, You've got two road games and one home game. And this is where people are going to, I'm, I'm going to get flamed. It's going to be, people are going to go nuts here. Just wait for it. Just, just, just wait. Just be patient. I'm just going to set this up for a couple seconds longer. I think they're going to go to Seattle and beat Washington and then go to Tucson and lose to Arizona. Wow, that would be. I thought I was ready for you to go zero and two. Honestly, I thought you. Were oh no! Oh no! 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 Absolutely! Absolutely not. But it feels like a classic late season stumble in the desert. I have watched my Ducks do it on more than a few occasions in which they were the better team, but they go to the desert. Something crazy happens. Maybe it's an injury to a quarterback, which has happened to. Uh, a certain Oregon quarterback many years ago. It pains me to bring up Dennis Dixon because Oregon... Okay, I need to stop talking about that. But anyway, so I'm just saying crazy stuff happens in the desert. ASU is in Rice-Eccles, so I don't see it happening there. That Arizona football program, though, they are on the rise. And they have added real players on their defense, Power 5 transfers who are going to make them a better unit on that side of the ball, I believe. They still have Jaden Delora to sling it around the field. I think their offensive line is the biggest question. I think that's where they can get the most overmatched. But if they can give Delora enough time to prevent him from making, you know, stupid bonehead turnover plays, and he can get the ball to Jacob Cowing, and he can get it to Teteroa McMillan, I, I, I think Arizona is capable of pulling that upset this year. They, they upset UCLA last year. Don't forget, a UCLA team... In the same building where Utah went in, I like this even more now that I put these dots together. In the same building that where Utah went in and lost, Arizona went in and got a win. And I think they are on an upward trajectory. I like Jed Fish. I like their web. They can score a lot of points. And if you can score a lot of points, you can cause some teams some problems. And I think Utah will be ready for Washington and it'll be a tough game but they're capable of squeaking it out. And I think you win that game, and then you have the letdown the following week against Arizona. Uh, well, first of all, I can absolutely see it. I, I'm sure a lot of people listening this like, there's no way Utah will lose to Arizona. Um, would like just what you mentioned. I mean, they're trending in the right direction. Look, I, I'm personally not going to predict it just because I did see Jaden Delore, and I know it's different, home versus road. He really struggled in Rice-Eccles last year, so I do feel like this Utah defense with how good the secondary is going to make life hard on him, and I think they'll be able to get that win in Tucson. But I can absolutely see a world where Arizona pulls off this upset. It's the kind of thing that programs trending in the direction like Arizona is. They're able to get just that next level of an upset, especially if you beat a team that – is it, it by this point, if Utah was to beat Washington, they're definitely back in the top 10, regardless of that one loss we kind of had for them early on in the season. So I can absolutely see an upset there with the additions that Arizona's made. I really like the culture and what they have going on over there. 
Um, I actually do have a loss, though, uh, in between this. Uh, we jumped over to Washington. I have them losing to Washington, unfortunately. I am super high on Michael Penix. I think that defense is legit. Uh, I think Washington has a really good chance to win the Pac-12 this year, even more so than maybe like people are giving them credit for, and they're already kind of in that top three to four range. But I, I really like this Washington team. I'm a huge Penix fan. The receivers, the pass rush. I, I think Utah's going to struggle when they go up there. Now, they did win up there in 2019, but it's going to be really hard to do it with a guy like Penix, who is just such a dynamic threat at quarterback versus a Jacob Easton back then, who was more of a statue they could get to. And I, I do think Utah ends up exiting this stretch uh, 10, and, or they're just going to end up losing that game to Washington. But I do think they find a way against Arizona, even though that is definitely a trap game for Utah. Yeah, I, I think it's your quintessential trap game, and I think there are going to be Pac-12 teams. There are Pac-12 teams that stumble and lose a game that they shouldn't every year. Oregon last year should not have lost to Oregon State. Guess what? They did. USC probably shouldn't have lost both times to Utah. Guess what? They did. And you go back and look at just every season. Oregon 2019 shouldn't have lost to Arizona State. They did. And then Utah lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Utah was favored. Utah was favored. By the way, just for everyone curious, the ESPN FPI, by the way, last game of the regular season, they're playing Colorado at home. There's not a snowball's chance in hell they're losing that football game. I do not see that happening whatsoever. ESPN, their ESPN analytics have got Utah favored against Colorado, against Arizona, though Arizona's got a 20% chance there. I'm just throwing it out there. Slight favorite against Washington, big favorite against ASU, favorite against Oregon, underdog against Utah, favorite against Cal. Oregon State, slight favorite for Utah. Interesting. Mm. And then uh, favorite against every other team on, on their schedule as as well. So, uh, by the way, think about this. Just according to, again, ESPN Analytics, I always say stats are a starting point, not an end point. But point. they give UCLA the same chance of beating Utah as Arizona. Now, UCLA has to play them at Rice-Eccles. Arizona gets them at home, but I'm just saying there is, it is, it is not out of the realm. I agree with that. Either. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the odds makers there or just, the, oh, the oh I do too. I, 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 I think well. you have as much a chance mm-hmm. of losing to UCLA at home. So any fan listening to this and thinking, Oh my gosh, no, they won't lose at home to UCLA. Or maybe you're thinking, Oh yeah, I could see them losing at home to UCLA. It's a solid team. Same chance according to the stats right now of losing at Arizona is at home against UCLA. Now mm-hmm. we both have, 10 and 2. Utah sitting at 10 and 2. Yes, that is where I think the Utes will end up being by the time the season comes to a close. I am bullish on the Utes, but it is predicated on one thing Cam Rising's health. So, JT, what's the latest that we're hearing there? And are there any other kind of outstanding questions that could serve as an obstacle to, to the Utes succeeding in getting back to the Pac 12 championship game for what would be a fifth consecutive full season of college football? As Kyle Whittingham said when asked about other questions about Utah, the first, second, and third question all revolve around quarterback. That is by far the biggest thing this Utah roster needs to figure out at the moment starting. Based on what we've heard in the quarterback depth chart, the starter of Cam could not go against Florida would be a guy who's never started a college football game. And Brandon Rose, you have a guy in Bryson Barnes who's a very capable backup, but is the definition of a backup at the same time there. Um, you got a, a young, fun guy in Nate Johnson, but I don't think he'll factor in this. But getting back to the Cam self. Everything we've heard from Cam is that he's going to play in the Florida game. We also heard from Kyle Whittingham recently. He's on track to play in the Florida game, but I believe at Pac-12 Media Day, more specifically, he said he's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire when talking about his availability. I expect Cam to, at best, make the Florida game and be close to 90-plus percent. Hopefully he's pretty good and 
uh, goes from there. And I know Cam, with how that game ended last year, I know he is determined to play in that game based on him throwing the interception that ended up being the final nail in Utah's coffin in that first contest of the season. I know he wants to get back and play in that game so bad. And I do expect he will. At worst, I think the worst we see Cam, the first we see Cam is, I think the UCLA game, just based on his recovery is trending. I just have a hard time believing that he'd miss the first four games of the season. I think there's a chance he could miss the first two to three, just because the Weber State game, I just think if it's close, they, they wouldn't play him for that one, as we kind of discussed earlier. But I don't think there's any way, just based on the positive updates we're hearing. I mean, he was in pads and throwing. He wasn't getting hit, but like he did dress out the other day and was throwing. He's making a ton of really good progress. I expect Cam Rising to play early in the season and make the opener. I do think Cam Rising will play against Florida. And at worst, I think we'll see him when Pac-12 play rolls around. JT Wistersill, host of the Lockdown Utes podcast, Monday through Friday, year-round on YouTube as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, these are literally my favorite shows to do. For those of you everydayers out there that are that are still tuned in, uh, these shows are coming out at the same time as they did last year, roughly, because I am currently on a trip in which I don't have the internet to do the shows, so I am relaxing. You can always shoot me a message at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12 but these are literally the best shows to do jt my man thank you it's a lot of fun spencer and i do want to throw this out there before we go i think it's going to be another crazy season of tiebreakers i think utah gets into the pack 12 championship and i do think they win it for a third straight year mm. i gotta wait i gotta wait and see on the tiebreakers <laughs> and everything we're just we're just i'm just doing hey, the record i want here. the bulletin board material going all the way back around <laughs> yeah, jt's all about it appreciate everyone listening see you next time and until then hope you have a wonderful rest of your day